Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Your Move podcast. I'm Jeff, your host. Before we hear from Andy today, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Doug, who's one of our listeners. This podcast has helped him to make some significant decisions that have literally shifted the course of his life. With his permission, here's a few of the Doug-approved highlights. Okay, so Doug started out living his life like a lot of us. He was confusing pleasure for happiness. And Doug would say that he wasn't doing the hard work that would eventually set him up for long-term happiness. So when a friend told him about the Your Move podcast, Doug started listening. And through some of his favorite series like Ask It and What Makes You Happy, he not only learned how to spot the wise choice, he learned how to make them. In situations that easily could have gotten messy, Doug made choices through the filter of what would preserve his peace. He continued to make wise decisions by investing his time into a gathering of guys he could depend on and who could depend on him. And rather than rushing a relationship, he allowed time and wisdom to grow it into what it is today, a brand new marriage. Congratulations, Doug. Much like Doug, we hope you also find some easy-to-remember takeaways from today's podcast. We really do believe that the next 30 minutes will help you make better decisions and as a result, enjoy life with fewer regrets. So today, we're going to conclude with Andy's fourth message in his four-part series, Starting Over. Hey, we're finishing up this series, Starting Over, Andy. If you haven't been with us, it's a pretty simple series, and there's been four parts, and the subtitle kind of gives away the punchline of the whole series, and it's basically this. We want to ensure that next time won't be like last time. How do we ensure that next time won't be like last time? And what we mean by that is that if you're in a uh, stage of life where you're starting over academically, professionally, a new marriage, a new relationship, a new neighborhood, a new city, you, you've wrapped up something that you, it didn't end as well as you thought it should, it didn't end the way you wanted it to, in fact, um, you hope nobody finds out about it or it may have had nothing to do with anything that you did, but you find yourself having to start over. This is the series for you. And we said in order to start over in such a way that next time is better than last time, you got to own it, rethink it and release it. In week two, I showed you this, this pie chart. I said, this is the circle of blame. You remember that? The circle of blame is here's all the blame that explains why your marriage failed, why the business failed, why you're in so much debt, why school didn't go the way you wanted it to, why she broke up. You know, here's, here's all the blame. And we said, essentially, you know, there's part of it that where we're to blame, and then there's part of it where other people are to blame. And so in week two, we talked about your fault. And we said, when, we come, when it comes to, you know, owning our part of the equation, our part usually never any larger than that, right? Because this is the story we like to tell. You know, she was such a liar. You know, they told me when I went to work there, but it didn't work out. That teacher, nobody can get along with that teacher. He said, this is, this is the story we love to tell, but we said, come on, come on. At, at, at every failure, every junction, every transition in life where things didn't go well, there's something we have to own. There's part of it that we have to blame. So week two, we talked about discovering what this is. This week, I want to talk about the rest of this pie. So when we talk about owning it, that's the part that you're responsible for. When we talk about letting go, we talk about moving forward in this third, third part of the list or the third thing on the list, we're talking about this element right here. Now, let me kind of boil it down to one simple thought, and then we're going to kind of tease this out a little bit. Here's the thing. Just like, this is huge, just like not owning, just like, like not owning your part of the pie enables you to smuggle your issues into your future, okay? Just like not owning this allows you to smuggle your bad habits, your addictions, your issues into your future, not dealing with this enables the person who hurts you to smuggle their issues into your future. 
all right? So if you don't deal with what you did, you smuggle your bad habits and your issues into your future. But if you don't deal with this the right way, you actually allow the people who hurt you, deceived you, lied to you, fired you unnecessarily, you allow the people that you'd hope you never see again, you allow them to actually influence your future. Now, I'm not gonna have you raise your hands because that would be stupid, but who wants to do that? Who wants to allow the people that have hurt them the most to continue to have influence in their future? And for some of you, this is why your second marriage is looking a lot like your first marriage. And your first husband said, you're just like your mom. Okay, so you got rid of him. And then lo and behold, your second husband said, you're just like your mom. You're like, what's with these people? What's the common denominator? That would be you. Because you keep following yourself around. You show up in every relationship. You show up in every financial transaction, okay? This is gonna be a lot of fun today, isn't it, already? So... Here's the thing, here's the thing. I know you, and I'm the same way. None of us want the people who create chaos in our lives, either in childhood or that last job or that last neighborhood or that last team or that last school, whatever it was. None of us want to allow the people that created you know, stuff in us to have influence in our future. And the only way to make sure next time isn't like last time, the only way to make sure that they don't follow you into your future is to deal with what happened in this segment of the blame chart. So I'm gonna ask you two really insensitive questions and if, if this is just becomes so emotional, you can't stand it, I understand that. It's why I quit trying to counsel people because they just get mad and leave and wouldn't do what I said anyway or ask them to do. So here's, here's two questions I used to ask people all the time and they never had a good answer for and, and they looked at me like, what stupid questions? So I thought I would just try them out one last time because I think these are important questions as it relates to moving on to ensure next time is better than last time. The first question is this. How far into your future do you intend to carry the angst created in your past? How far into your future do you intend to carry the angst created in your past? And you go, well, I don't intend to carry any of it into the future. Well, then you have to do something. Here's second bad question, because I can tell you didn't like the first one, so let me say it a different way. How long do you plan to allow the people who mistreated you to influence you? How long? Another week? Another month? Another marriage? Another season? Your whole career? You say, well, I don't, I don't really plan any of it. I know, that's why this is an important question. We don't plan it. We just live, and we just have bad attitude, and we have all these fears and anxieties, and we don't trust people, and we're angry, and we have a short fuse, and you know, people know what our issues are. Don't bring that up and stay away from that, because you, know, you kind of walk on eggshells around him or her. And again, we've allowed the people who've hurt us most to kind of follow us into our future. They've smuggled their way in. They've, you know, they've camouflaged themselves in, in terms of just the story we love to tell, but they continue to drive our emotions. So this is a good question. How long do you plan to allow the people who mistreated you to influence you? Yeah, it's real quiet because it's either a bad question or you don't want to think about it. So let me, let me ask you an easier question. Have you ever met somebody and they're like kind of, they sort of have a wrinkle-free life. You know, everything's just kind of not perfect, but it's like, wow, they're just, they just, they've got their act together. They've got their marriage together. You know, their kids are, they're not like all going to, you know, Ivy League schools, but they're like great kids and they're responsible. And when you're at their home, you know, you just feel like that couple, that individual, that guy, that girl, they've kind of got their act together. Have you ever met anybody like that? And then you hear their story and they have some like big, gargantuan, ugly monster of a thing in their past, and you're like, oh. and you think to yourself, I would have never guessed. 
I would have never guessed. If you, you would never guess she has that in her past. You would never guess he has that in his past. You would never guess she was raised in a home like that. You would never guess. When you meet them now, it's like there is no trace of that in their lives. Do you ever meet people like that? And you're like, wow. Now, when I meet people like that, I, because of what I do, I always ask them this question, always. I always say, okay, wait, 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 wait. How did you do that? How did you get from, oh my gosh, to I'd like to be like you, you when I grow up? Here's what I always hear. And in fact, if this is your story, this is how you would say it to some, in some capacity. I always, I always hear the word decided. The answer is they decided. I, I, 100%. How in the world did you grow up in that and end up like this? How in the world did you go through a season of that professionally and now you just, I don't sense any bitterness, I don't sense any anger, there's not an edge, you just... You seem to have peace. How did you get there? And 100% of the time, it's because they decided. They decided. They made up their mind. They decided. These are my words, not theirs. They essentially, they decided that their past would remind them, but it would not define them. They decided somewhere along the way, you know, as bad as that was and as shaping as that was and as tempting as it might be to tell that story my whole life and allow it to shape me and define me, somehow they found the courage or the power or the insight to decide, to make up their minds. The past may remind me, but it will not define me. They made up their minds. They decided. In fact, I have a really dear friend who, I mean, her... Her, her past is, it, it's just, it's a long, it's, it's one of those stories and you think, okay, you get a pass, you do not have to forgive. You should just stay mad, okay? You get a pass. Everybody else needs to forgive, not you. If anybody that would do that to you, you deserve to be crazy. You deserve to have a bad attitude. Well, her story is kind of one of those stories. So about a month ago, I knew I was gonna talk on this subject and I've known her a long time and so it was a little insensitive of me, but I said, hey, can, can I ask you a personal question? Because I just want your first thing that comes to mind when I ask you this question. So I asked her, how did you get from there to here? How did you get from all of that that would just put most people away? How did you get from that to this point now where when people meet you, they would never guess, they would never guess that that's a part of your past. And I'm going to tell you what she said. And when she said it, I got my phone out and tried to write it down word for word because this is exactly what came out of her mouth, unprepared, no coaching from me. Here's what she said. I decided. I decided there was enough pain in life. I wasn't going to drag that along with me the rest of my life. It wasn't worth it. I decided. There's gonna be enough new pain, there's gonna be a new, enough new drama, enough new dysfunction. Why in the world would I wanna drag that around with me the rest of my life? I decided it wasn't worth it. And through a process, she put it away. And it has informed her decisions, but it does not control her, her future. So, to ensure that next time, to ensure that next time is better, it won't be like last time, you gotta release the past so the past can release you. You have to. If you want to make sure you don't drag not just lessons from the past, but the emotions of the past, the anger of the past, the, you know, the sort of thing that kind of keeps you off balance in, into your future, you've got to find a way to let go of the past, release the past, so your past will inform your decisions, but it will not control your life. Now, I know that you want that. I know you want that. But it's critical that you find a way to do this. Now, the religious term for how you get there, this isn't going to be a surprise and this isn't brand new information. The way that you get there ultimately is you forgive. You forgive. Now, here, here's the thing about forgiveness. 
Forgiveness is so powerful. Forgiveness allows us to leverage the lessons of the past without lugging around the luggage from the past. Forgiveness is what allows you to learn the lessons from the past without lugging around all the luggage, all the baggage, all the inappropriate emotion of the past. Now here's a really cool thing. Um, In the New Testament, there's a letter the Apostle Paul wrote to some um, Christians in uh, Ephesus, and and we call it the book of Ephesians. It's not really a book, it's just an ancient document that got put in the New Testament, and it's a wonderful little document. Um, Paul hated Christians, then he became one. And then he started little churches around, you know, parts of what we would call Europe and Turkey and around the Mediterranean rim. And then he would write these churches letters and his insights are extraordinary. And he has an insight into forgiveness that is so astounding. And when you think about the fact that this was written 2,000 years ago, it's one of the reasons I think these texts are inspired because of the kinds of insights that he brings us today from this text. So here's what he says about this whole issue of forgiveness, this whole issue of making sure your past doesn't chase you around, this whole issue of how to ensure that next time will be better than last time. Here's what he writes, Ephesians chapter four, verse 26. He says this, in your anger, do not sin. And in the Greek text, in fact, if you grew up in church, you may have heard this verse stated a different way. It's actually two imperatives. He says, be angry, and do not sin. Be angry and do not sin, which means many of you are actually applying the Bible and you didn't know it. Because you be angry. If you be angry, that's what the Bible says, be angry. Be angry and do not sin, which is cool because Paul admits that there is an appropriate place for anger. Now what causes anger, we know this, what causes anger is when people hurt us. But there's a way to be angry and not to sin. At which point we go, what in the world are you talking about? And then. He makes this statement. He says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Now, this can be taken um, you know, literally, and this can be taken literally when the issue is, you know, you told your husband, please don't leave shaving cream in the sink, and he left shaving cream in the sink, and you brought him over there and said you left shaving cream in the sink, and he said, I'm sorry, and you forgave him, and then you don't let the sun go down in your anger. That's great. But there is anger that's too big to deal with by sunset, right? There is, to, there, there is anger that's too big to deal with you know, between now and two sunsets. Paul's point is this, and here's a great question. How many sunsets? Because you have a decision to make. There is some deciding to do. You can engage in this process in such a way that your anger, your emotions, your angst doesn't have to control and impact your future. So he says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give or grant or do not gift the devil a foothold. Now, I'm going to come back to the devil in just a second. I want to talk about this word foothold. This little word foothold actually figuratively means an opportunity, but literally it means a staging ground. He says, don't let the devil move into your life and set up shop. Don't give him an office. Don't give him a staging ground. Don't give him an arena. Don't give him a place. Don't give him space. Because if you don't deal with your anger, if you don't deal with those emotions, if you don't deal with the junk that keeps floating around your life because of what was done to you in the past, that 85%, 95% that's kind of your good story that you like to tell and everybody feels, feels like you're justified in it. He said, if you don't do something about that or when you don't do something about that, you give the devil an opportunity to set up shop, a staging ground, an opportunity where he will continue to reach into your future because of something that happened in your past. Now, 
Here's the really interesting thing about this word. In, in the Greek text, there's a word translated Satan. We all you know who Satan is, and that's not a surprise. Paul doesn't use that word here. He actually uses a word, a common Greek word that means slanderer or liar or deceiver. And in fact, in some English texts, the word devil doesn't appear. It just says liar, slanderer. The best way to understand what Paul is saying is not to think in terms of devil. The best way to understand what Paul is saying, and this is where it gets real personal, is to take out the word devil and put in the name of the person or persons who have hurt you. Now let's read it again. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give Frank. Do not give such and such ink. Do not give professor so-and-so. Do not give doctor so-and-so. Do not give for ex-husband, ex-wife, mom and dad a foothold in your life. So let me ask you another dumb question. Do you really want to give the person who hurt you the most staging ground in your life to continue to impact your future? Of course not. Paul was so insightful 2,000 years ago to know this. If you don't deal with your anger, it doesn't matter what kind of future you hope you have. If you don't deal with your angst because of the past, it doesn't matter what your plans and your hopes and your dreams are. You are giving the people who have hurt you, betrayed you, deceived you, whatever your, you know, your verb is, you have given them a place, a permanent place in your life and a permanent place in your future. That's why he says, don't let the sun go down. Do something about it as quick as possible. Do something about it now. Don't think it's just gonna go away. You have a decision to make. It's why every single person that surprises me or will surprise you with their story, when you ask them, how did you get from there to here? You will hear at some point, you will hear them say, I decided, I decided. My past might inform me, but it does not conform me. It might inform me, but it does not control me. It might help me make better decisions in the future, but it does not dictate my future. So there's a place for anger, but we have to learn to keep anger in its place. Now, he goes on a few verses later. He brings us to our word. He says this, get rid of, there it is again, we have a responsibility. We can do something about this. You're not a victim. You don't have to spend the rest of your life telling your sad story and being a sad person. He says, get rid of all bitterness. Now think about that. You have the power, you have the ability, there's something you can do according to Paul to get rid of bitterness. You say, no, the only way to get rid of bitterness is for the person that caused the bitterness to come to me and, and apologize. Well, that doesn't get rid of your bitterness. That just gives you an opportunity to say, I forgive you or I don't forgive you, but that doesn't mean you won't be bitter. This is you issue. This is your issue. If you're bitter, you have something to do. If you're bitter, there's work to do. If there's bitter, if you're bitter, somebody else owning what they did to you doesn't remove your bitterness. This is something for you to do. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, and slander along with every form of malice. And then he says, be kind and compassionate to one another. And there's our word forgiving one another. And the word forgiveness, or the word forgive, to kind of put it in a context that maybe brings a little bit more emotion and a little bit more focus, the word forgiveness in this context really just means to pardon. You know what a pardon is? A pardon is when a judge looks at somebody and says, you are absolutely guilty of what you're accused of, but you don't have to pay for it. You are absolutely guilty. You did it. Now, you know, your attorney didn't talk us all into thinking you didn't do it. You did it. You are guilty. 
We as the court have decided not to hold you accountable for what you did. You are pardoned. You are forgiven. Now, let me just tell you, I bet you've heard this before. Maybe you're here today just for this one idea. The only way to break the chain between what has been done to you and your future, the only way, the only way is to pardon. And I know if I heard your story, I would agree with you. They don't deserve it. But listen to me. God thinks you deserve it. God who loves you thinks your future family and your future relationships deserve it. The people who love you and care about you think you deserve it. And the best thing you could do for you, not the person who hurt you, the best thing you could do for them, for you, is to decide, decide, decide. I pardon you. I don't hold you accountable. You are free to go. You're not following me into my future. Now, if you're not a Christian, this is optional. You get to decide how much of this you like or don't like. But if we're Christians, we are so on the hook because the next thing Paul says is this, just as in Christ, God forgave you. In other words, he says, wait, I know what they did was horrible. I know what they did kind of wrecked your childhood. I know what they did wrecked your credit rating. I know what they did, they, you know, there's just some things you're not gonna get to experience because of what they've done. I know it's bad. But just remember this, all of this happened under the canopy of your heavenly father looking you in the eye at some point in your life and saying, you know what? I am not gonna hold you accountable for what you did in terms of my relationship with you. You are pardoned, you are forgiven. And Paul says the thing that should motivate those of us who are Christians to at least consider, to at least step up to the line, to at least contemplate the reality of forgiving the people who've hurt us the most is not simply because they deserve it, they probably don't but because God in Christ made that very same decision for you. This is amazing. God does not factor your sin into his relationship with you. God does not factor your sin into his relationship with you. He freed himself of the burden of, re- of, of looking at you through the filter of your sin by choosing to pardon you. Another way of saying it is this. Your future relationship with God isn't shadowed by your past sin. He disconnected your past sin from his future relationship with you. And now Paul says we have the same opportunity if we choose to take it. We can decide to decouple what has been done to us from our future through the very same exercise of forgiveness. Now, sometimes when I talk about this, you know, and there's a Q&A or we can have a conversation or one-on-one people say, okay, well, what if somebody broke the law? So let me just say something real quick about that. If someone broke the law, you should call the police. If someone broke the law, they should be prosecuted. But even then, this is huge, even then, now they have to go before two courts, yours and the government's. And the government may lock them up, but you still have the opportunity to personally pardon them. And your best bet for moving forward is to choose. You don't owe me. Because pardon uncouples their impact on your future. So here's what Paul says. He says, look, you wanna go forward? You wanna leave, you wanna learn some lessons from the past, but you don't want the past you know, following you around everywhere and impacting every future relationship, every future you know, financial dealing, every you know, attitude and every emotion that you experience? He says, then, Pardon, as you've been pardoned. And here's what I would add to what Paul said. And you go first so you can go on. 
The reason I say that is sometimes people say, well, if they'll ever come to me and apologize, no, you don't have to wait for that. They're never gonna apologize and they're never gonna apologize fully and they're never gonna apologize in such a way that you feel released because they don't even understand what they've done most of the time. They don't even remember what they've done most of the time. In some cases, they're not even around. So you go first. This is why Paul said, get rid of bitterness, get rid of bitterness. You don't have to wait for somebody else to do something. You can decide to get rid of all bitterness, malice, anger, and slander. So pardon as you've been pardoned. Go first so you can go on. And here's my super specific application that I would highly recommend if you think this is an issue for your life. Make a list. Make a list of what they owe you. Now, this is one of the most powerful things you can do, and this is one of the reasons some of you are thinking right now, Andy already did that. I already forgave him, and there's no difference, and I haven't changed. Nothing's changed, and here's why. Because you have forgave them generally, you need to forgive them specifically. Here's one of the most powerful exercises you can go through. This means it's gonna take more than just before the sun sets today. You need to fully engage and fully embrace exactly what they owe you. Because a pardon is deciding someone doesn't owe you for what they've done to you. And in order for the pardon to be complete, you need to list the crimes. You need to get a list and you need to say, what did they take from me? Um, They took my childhood. Uh, They may have taken your opportunity to raise your daughter. They took away your opportunity to put your son to bed every night. They took away your reputation. They took away your career. They took away the advantage of your high grade point average. They took away, they took away. What exactly did they do to you? What exactly did they take away? What exactly did they steal from you? What exactly did they lie about? How specifically have they hurt you? Here's what you'll discover. When you start your list, it will be longer than you ever imagined. And as you make your list, some of the energy is going to come out of your story. And as you make your list, it's going to become clearer and clearer and clearer just what a really big deal this is. Because when you tell your story, you talk a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and he said and she said, but when you finally make a list, here is all that they took from me. Here is all that they owe me. Something powerful may happen inside of you. And once you've decided what they owe you, That's when you hold that up, not to them. They don't have to be a part of this. And you decide, you don't owe me anymore. You know what else you're gonna discover? Most of what they took from you, they can't pay you back anyway. Let me me ask you this way. How ridiculous, come on, how ridiculous, and I don't mean something wrong with you, but we all get confused with this. How ridiculous to spend your whole life waiting to be paid back something that can't ever be paid back. Your wacky dad can't give you your teenage years back. Your your mom can't put you to bed every night. Your son can't undo the damage that he did. Your daughter can't undo. Even if your boss came back and apologized, they can't restore what was taken. So here's, here's the strange thing. Why hold over someone's head a debt they couldn't repay even if they wanted to? You have, one of the, you have the potential to become one of those people that when people finally dig around and hear your story, they will be amazed. They'll say, you just don't seem like one of those people where, that experience that kind of pain and that kind of rejection, that kind of abandonment. And they'll say, how did you do it? And you'll say, I decided. Now, one warning from week two. This is very important. Back to our chart. Until you own this, you will have a very difficult time pardoning this. Now, let me explain why. Because this, for most of us, is very, very difficult. 
to admit. And one of the reasons it's so difficult to admit is because there's so much of this. They did so much. Why in the world would you even spend 30 seconds of your time talking about this? You, you had such little to do with what happened. Why in the world talk about it? Why in the world admit it? And for some of you, if I could be kind of personal, for some of you, this is so painful to admit that you will spend, if you're not careful, you will spend the rest of your life hiding it in the fog of all this. Your story is so compelling that you'll never be forced to deal with this. But I'm telling you, until you own this, that's why I started with this rather than this. Until you own this, you're gonna have a very, very difficult time releasing and pardoning this. I'm talking about anything that's happened to you from the time you were 18 years old and older. You've gotta own it before you can forgive it. But the good news is this, if you do this, your past will remind you, but it will not define you. You can move on, release the past, and so the past can release you. Thanks so much for listening to Your Move. We hope you found a piece of advice that helps you make better decisions in your daily life. Meet us back here next week for another episode of Your Move.